0: Thank you, Jesus. Well, open your Bibles to uh, John 15 this morning. John chapter 15. And we're going to begin reading in verse 9. But let's pray first. Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for the country church. And the love that's here. And your presence that's with us. Father, we thank you for all that you have done. In our lives. Up till now. In the lives of the people that are here. In this church. with Pastor Rich and Fran. All the people that have been saved. Helped. Healed. Delivered. Set free. Put on a new track. We thank you for these things. And we give you praise and honor and glory. But, Lord, we believe also the best is yet to be. And you have great things planned for our lives. So, Lord, today we're looking to you to encourage us, to direct us, to establish us, and send us forth in your name. And we give you the praise for it, Father. We thank you for your great love for us, Lord. And, Lord, you know where each person's at today that's in this room. And each one that might hear me, Lord, by uh, CD later even. You know their hearts and you know where they're at. So, Lord, we ask you to speak to hearts today. That it would not just be only the words that I speak, but that the Holy Spirit would be speaking to hearts today. And, Lord, that we would be sensitive to hear what you're saying to your people today, God. Give us a sensitive, tender heart to receive what the Spirit is saying to the church today. And we pray it in Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. Well, I want to talk to you today about relationships. Relationships. It's a probably a big contemporary topic, but not too contemporary for the Bible. But the Bible's all about relationships, it's one of the themes that's in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Is relationships. God created us. He created man and woman for relationships. Can I have an amen? First of all, for a relationship with him. God wanted fellowship. Amen. And he fellowshiped with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. You know, he, the, the Bible said he came down in the cool of the day. And he was going to just talk it over with Adam and Eve. But they, before he came at that time, they had sinned. They had rebelled. And the Bible said that Adam offended God. In other words, in Romans, it says there was an offense because one man's offense. Adam offended God because he sinned and rebelled against him. And that broke that relationship. And we see from there that that carried on into human relationships. Their sons, Cain and Abel, got into a struggle. And Cain uh, slew Abel, you know. And uh, God came and said, where's your brother Abel? And, and Cain said, am I my brother's keeper? And of course, the answer is, yes, we are a brother's keeper. Amen. We're supposed to take care of one another and love one another and be a blessing to one another. Can I have an amen? amen. And so you see, it, all these problems began with a broken relationship between God and man. But how many know Jesus came to restore that relationship? And he came to heal the brokenhearted, set the captives free. And you know, when the angels came to announce Jesus' birth, they said, Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Amen. amen. He came to bring healing in relationships and love. God wants there to be love in our relationships, He wants there to be love in our homes. Can I have an amen? He wants there to be love in our churches. He wants the country church to just grow and grow and grow and grow in love. Amen. And if you, as you grow and grow and grow and grow in love, you're going to grow numerically too. Amen. You're going to grow spiritually. Amen. Love is God's purpose. And so I've really felt the Lord just to focus on relationships and valuing our relationships. It's a, it's a very important subject. It's one of the things that God most wants to see in your life is love. Now, notice in Mark, or John chapter 15, uh, beginning in verse 9. And we see that in the, in the first part of this chapter, Jesus is talking about he's the vine, we're the branches. So we see that we then are an extension of his life. Amen. We are connected to the Lord. The Bible says he that's joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. When you become a Christian, you hook up with Jesus. You connect with him and his life. Amen. And you become a branch of the vine. Amen. Our heavenly father planted that vine and we connect in with it. And then his life flows through us. So this is what Jesus is talking about just before we begin here in verse 9. And then he says this to his disciples. He says, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. You know, I've always been kind of intrigued by that verse. As the Father has loved me, Jesus said to his disciples, I have loved you. Continue ye in my love. You see? It's a love process. It's a work of love that began with the Heavenly Father. Amen. Through Jesus to his disciples. But how many know it's not supposed to stop there? We're to continue in that love. What love are we talking about? The love of Jesus. Jesus' love is to continue to flow Through us. Now that's amazing. So this is the way that God's work continues on the earth. Is through this flow of love. That comes through you. So you see you're pretty important. Amen. Your function is pretty important. Amen. When you walk in love. You're doing the will of God. You're doing the work of God. God's love is proceeding from the throne. Through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit and through you to touch people. And to bring life and to bring hope and to be encouragement, to bring encouragement to people. So one of the most important things that you have to do on this earth is to love people. In fact, they asked Jesus said, what's the great greatest commandment? He says, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and being and love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. Love your neighbor as yourself. And you know, one reason sometimes that we have a hard time loving people is because we don't love ourselves too much. And the only way we can feel good about ourselves is to know God's love. And that's the gospel, you see. That's what the gospel does. He makes us secure and safe and loved. A lot of people aren't loved, they don't have that sense of being loved. Amen. Something was wrong in their childhood or something's gone sour in relationships. They got problems. They got a broken heart. But how many know Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted? Amen. He came to bring forth the love of God in the people's hearts so that they might be healed, so that they might be whole and that they might be able to then love others. God has a love plan for this earth. Amen. You know, I've been listening to the news lately. I was thinking on the way out here, maybe I need to quit listening to so much news because a lot of it's bad, amen? But we can't, have, you know, we can't put our head in the sand. We need to know what's going on. But I think about Syria, what's going on there. I think of what's going on in the political scene in our own country. I think about all the anger and strife and division and all the problems that are in the world, amen? But you know what the cure is? The love of God through Jesus Christ, Amen. And it starts right where you live. Amen. It starts right where you live. It starts right here in this church. Amen. It starts and it flows out to the world. And that's the way God's going to touch the world is through his people walking in the law of love. So Jesus said, my father love me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He knew the love of the Father. He says, now I've passed it on to you. I've loved you. He says, now you go and do the same thing. Keep on loving people. Can I have an amen? All right, verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Abide means to live. You're going to keep living in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments, And abide in his love. You know, if you ever feel like, you know, things are out of sort between you and the Lord, you know, your connection is not too good spiritually, check out your love walk. See if you're really loving people. Because once you get off of love, amen, you've taken a step away from God. Amen. But when you're walking in love, you're walking in God we talk about love, I mean, the world's got its definition of love. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about kindness. I'm talking about mercy. I'm talking about the God kind of love that really cares about people. Not a selfish love, not a physical fleshly love, but God's love. God's agape love. And that's what God wants to work in our lives. Verse 11, these things have I spoken unto you. So that you might really have a hard time in life. Isn't anybody going to correct me here in the country church? No, he said, these things have I spoken unto you so that your joy might be full. He said, I'm telling you these things so you can be happy. Spiritually happy, full of joy. You know, God wants us to be full of joy. Amen. Amen. Somebody says, oh, I'm so depressed, I'm so down. Jesus says, love somebody. Amen. You're going to have joy. You're going to have joy in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 12. This is my option. Amen. I'm glad you guys are here to correct me. Gary, I need help here. I need help, brother. No, he didn't say this is my option. He said, this is my commandment. That you do what? Love one another. How? As I have loved you. The other scripture we mentioned said, love love, uh, uh, one another, you know, or love your neighbor as yourself. Here he says, Love one another, how? As I have loved you. In other words, I'm the prototype, Jesus says. I'm the picture. I'm the one you're to follow. How are you to love people? Just like I love people. Now, how did Jesus love people? Well, he's about to tell us. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Now, it was a fun message until I read that one. What is love? Love involves sacrifice. Oh, Pastor Rich, I'm getting in trouble here. Love, the love of God involves sacrifice. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You think the father... Just had a lot of fun seeing his son come to earth and hanging on that cruel cross and dying like that. He did that for others. Jesus didn't delight in the prospect of going to the cross, but he did it for you. Amen. Greater love has no man than this, than he what? Lay down his life for his friends. God's love is sacrificial. Do you know, it's interesting, we're coming up on Valentine's Day here, on Tuesday. (laughs) Susan's happy. And, and you know, of course, we see Valentine's Day as romantic love, but actually, Valentine's Day started originally, for St. Valentine's, which was a mortar, and up to, there 's up to three people in in history or legend we don 't know you know exactly what 's true and what 's not, but the whole thing is based on on people that were martyred for Christ valentine 's day originally was about someone or someone 's who were more martyred for Christ on february fourteenth that 's the original intent then it got changed it became a like a, a church holiday for a while. And then now I guess it's not with the Catholic church. But the original intent of the thing was about this sacrificial love, laying down your life. See, Jesus laid down his life, and many people have laid down their lives so that we could have this Bible, for example. you ever get a chance to read Fox's Book of Martyrs and see what it costs for us to have this today? Amen. And yet, even today, there's people that are dying for the cause of Christ all around the world. And are sacrificially laying down their lives so somebody else can be helped. And in America, we don't comprehend that so much, but although we could see more, we could see a lot of persecution in the coming days. Be prepared, I'd say. But even in the level that we're walking in right now, in order to have successful relationships, it requires, at times, sacrifice. See, because Jesus doesn't call us just to love the lovable, amen, but also to love the unlovable. Amen. Amen. See, when Jesus walked the earth, he didn't just love the lovable, he loved the unlovable. In fact, he came, he said he came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And he spent his time with sinners, tax collectors. He was around prostitutes. He was around sinners in order that he might reconcile them to God. He loved people that had have problems. And sometimes people that have problems Don't say the nicest things about us or treat us the way that we think they should. But you know what they need? They need love. They need God's love. Amen. You know, people that cause hurts. Most of the time, the reason they cause hurts is because they've been hurt. Hello. What do they need? They need God's love. How are they going to experience God's love? Through you and through me. One finger pointing at you, three back at me. How are people going to experience God's love? I mean, I'm talking about those ornery folks that you'd rather not talk to sometimes, that you'd rather just cast aside, (laughs) amen? Because that's what your flesh wants to do. Well, God's calling you and me, To lay down our lives. Amen. I'm trying to bring this down to a practical level. I want the Holy Spirit to kind of speak to you maybe about somebody you know that's in your life. Or in your family. Or in your church. Or in your community. That you find a little hard to get along with. But they might just need something from you. Something that's in you. To help them out of their situation. They might need some healing. Amen. And Jesus came to heal those broken hearts. And you know, that's one of the things that hinders us in relationships is what's going on in our own hearts and in our own emotions. And a lot of times we need healing so that we can love one another. Can I have an amen? But it all goes back to what Jesus did on that cross in reconciling us to God and comprehending that love of God that's been given to us. Because when you know that you're loved, then you're able to love others. How many hear what I'm saying? There's a security in knowing God, your father and his love for you that brings healing. Amen. In spite of what's going on in your life, that love of God will melt your heart and heal those broken pieces on the inside. And all of us have these things. You know, we've been through things in our life where we've been broken on the inside. But God, through Jesus Christ, brings healing to broken hearts. He heals the broken in heart, the Bible said, and binds up their wounds. It's like broken pieces being wound up together so they can heal. And God produces this wholeness and healing in us so that we can begin to bring healing to others as part of that process like we talked about. As my father has loved me, I have loved you. Continue in that love. You see what God's doing? And this is... You see, this is a picture that we need to see in the church. Because, you know, there's a lot of different things we can see about the church. A couple times, not the last time, the time before, I talked about how the church is a house, you know, for example. And we could talk about how the church is an army. But the church is also a hospital. It's a clinic, amen? And people come and get healed. And then they reach out. And heal others. I I pray in the name of Jesus for the country church that the healing ministry would, would increase and that people would come here and find healing and love one another, that the love level would just increase more and more and more and more. You know, since I've been coming here, this church has been growing numerically. Every time I come, it seems like there's a few more people. God's doing a work. Let's just pray that it'll just continue and and that 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 love level would increase and that that love circle would get greater and that we would be more and more of a blessing one to another. Can I have an amen? And not yield to what our flesh wants to do in situations. You know what Jesus said? Take up your cross and follow me. We need to learn to do that in relationships. Not that we're to be a doormat and let all these things happen and never say anything, but we're to walk in love. You know, the Bible talks about speaking the truth in love. Amen? So you can tell somebody what's going on, what you think of a situation, but it doesn't mean you need to blast them and throw them out of your life and all this stuff. You need to love that person and you need to help them. You need to be concerned about them where they're at. You know, if they need some work in their area, you need to get under them, help them, lift them up and encourage them. Can I have an amen today? Amen. Well, where do we get this love? I mean, I I think it got quiet here in this sermon a little little while ago. It got quiet. I mean, you were were amen-ing me real good and then it got quiet. But see, the reason is is because we're being challenged a little bit. Because we're talking about loving people And we're going, man, I don't know. Can I do that? How can can we do this? How can we as human beings, sometimes broken human beings, how can we love the unlovable? How can we help people that seem to be totally opposed to us? How can we do this? It's, It's impossible in the natural. Amen? Let's look at another scripture. Go to Romans Chapter five. In other words, where do we get this love? Where's it come from? Romans, Chapter five, verse five. And hope maketh not ashamed because. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Everybody say in our hearts. in our hearts. By the Holy Ghost. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. God's love. Not Tom's love. Amen. God's love. Not all the love you can muster up in your own strength and ability and try to do what's just right. God's love. God's love is so powerful and so supernatural. And the Bible said that that love has been poured into your heart. That is part of the new birth. When Paul talked to the church in Ephesians. He says, ever since I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love to all the saints, I have not ceased to pray for you. In other words, it was an evidence to him that they had been saved, that they loved the brethren. Why? Because love was in their heart. And if you've been born again of the spirit of God, God's love is in your heart. In your heart. Down in your inner person, you have been infused with the love from heaven. God the Father's love is in your heart. By the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost conveys this love into your heart. It's there. Amen. <clears throat> So if we're not walking in this love, it's because something is blocking it or hindering it, or we're operating from another part of our being. And that other part is the flesh. <laughs> what your body wants to do. What your natural carnal side of you wants to do. And he wants to get angry when somebody steps on your toes. Wants to fight. Amen. It wants to run away. Whatever it is, you see. So we've got to train ourselves to operate out of our true heart. Amen. Did you know, folks, if you're born again, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The inner man, the real you has been changed and you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Christ is in you, the hope of glory, and he wants to live his life through you. Amen. He wants to bring forth his glory through you. This is how we live. By walking in this love law. So you see, the first part of this sermon was, you know, this is what you should do. That's good. But now we're getting into how do we do it? We do it by the love of God, which is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. He's in there. Amen? He's in there to love people through you. He's motivating you and prompting you. He's in there. And that's how your ministry is to operate. Praise God. Verse 6. For when we were without strength... In due time, Christ died for the what? Ungodly. And what is this? What are are we talking about? It says in verse 6, For when who? We. And what's the end of that verse? Ungodly. That's what we were before Christ comes into our life. We are ungodly. Now, Jesus didn't say, look, once you straighten up, then I'll die for you. Or once you straighten up, then I'll love you. Jesus went to the cross while we were yet sinners. He made the first move. And so often in human relationships, we're going, well... I'm just waiting for them to make the first move. It's not scriptural. That's not the love of God. You make the first move. That's Christ. Christ made the first move. Amen. He reached out to his enemies. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good one uh, some would even dare to die. But God commended his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's called unconditional love. (laughs) And then he says, as Pastor Rich shared with us, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. You've made a mess of things, but just come to me. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Come to me, you'll find rest to your soul. Much more than being justified by his, what? Blood. The blood of Christ has made reconciliation for our sins because that blood made payment for what we have done wrong. And I had that experience with God back in 1977 and I accepted his call to turn from sin, turn from the things of the world. The first thing the Lord said to me was, precious is the blood of the lamb, which was shed for you. You see, it's only by that blood that we can come into this thing. Amen. The blood has made the way for us to come into that covenant with God and forgiveness and healing and reconciliation. Now look at verse 10. For if when we were what? Were what? Enemies. Enemies. Before we come to Christ, according to the Bible, we're enemies of God. But he said... For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Now, what does it mean to be reconciled? Well, that word means in the original, it means to change from one condition to another so as to remove all enmity and leave no impediment to, To unity and peace. A complete change. Reconciled into unity with God. Reconciled from everything that would hinder us from approaching God. He brought reconciliation. That's what happened through the cross. And Ephesians tells us that that through the cross he broke down the wall of partition between Jews and Gentiles. And if he broke them between the Jews and the Gentiles, he's broken them between all of us. The walls are down. So I want you to just turn to your neighbor and say, the walls are down. Amen. Folks, we're all in this together. Because <laughs> number one, every one of us have been sinners. Amen. And need a savior. Every one of us came from Adam, that first man, and that sin nature passed on every single one of us, and death passed on the human race, and we all need Jesus. And then God sent how many saviors? One One savior. His name is Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come to the Father but by me. God didn't send a, a Lutheran Jesus and a Baptist Jesus and a country church Jesus. He sent one Jesus for the whole world. (laughs) Can I have an amen? Amen. And so there's one Savior, and there's one Holy Spirit, and there's only one body. Amen. Amen. And there's only one blood that was shed, and that's the blood of Jesus. We are one. Amen. The walls are down. Amen. Amen. And he has reconciled us to himself. Amen. Amen. That's what we need in relationships, Amen. Reconciliation, healing. Now, turn your Bibles to Ephesians. Now, and uh, I'm sorry, Second Corinthians, rather. Second Corinthians, five. And, you know, today, you're here today. Maybe you don't have that reconciliation with God we're talking about. He wants you to come to him. He's ready to forgive you. He's ready to change your whole life. Amen. He's made the first step. You know, so don't wait any longer. I mean, just come to him. (laughs) Because he's done his part. Notice what it says here. 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 Therefore if any man be in Christ he's a what? Amen Old things are passed away Behold all things are become new We're new creatures and we are able to love Can I have an amen? And all things are of God who hath what? Reconciled. There's that word again. Has reconciled us to who? To himself. How? By Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. How many see that? He's reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, what does it say then? And has given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation. So you see, it doesn't stop with him reconciling you to himself. He's also given you a ministry of reconciliation. You say, well, Brother Tom, I'm not in the ministry. I'm Pastor Rich and Fran. They're in the ministry. and You're in the ministry. You and Susan, you're in the ministry, but I'm not in the ministry. The Bible said you're in the ministry. And what does ministry mean? Serving. Serving people serving God. And what is your ministry? Well, I have a very special ministry. I am a prophet of God. Well, whatever. But you know what? We all have the ministry of reconciliation. We have a ministry that says to people, come to God. That, that reaches out in a, such a way that brings the love of God to people's doorstep. To the doorsteps of their heart. To let them know that God loves them, even through you. It's a ministry of reconciliation. See, the ministry of reconciliation is not just about preaching. It's also about loving people. Jesus loved people. He got in trouble with the religious people because he was having lunch with sinners all the time. Amen? Why was it that sinners were attracted to Jesus? The love of God. You see, he wasn't pointing down at them, putting them down, criticizing them, giving some some religious garbity gook He gave them love. They were attracted. And then he was able to speak into their lives like Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, we need to have lunch, come down from that tree. And he went to Zacchaeus's house and sat at the table and, and was Jesus. He just was Jesus at the table. We don't know if he preached anything to Zacchaeus there or what happened, but love melted Zacchaeus's heart. Did you know God's love will melt people's hearts? God's love will melt your heart. Some of you here, you have hardness in your heart. The Holy Spirit will melt that today if you let him. Amen? And through your ministry and through your life, other people's hearts can also be melted and touched. And all of a sudden Zacchaeus says, if I've taken anything from anybody, I'm going to give it back to them four times. You know, he says, this is the end of my corrupt ways today. I'm going to do what's right. Amen. Change came into his heart. Why? Because the love of God through Jesus. And that's what the ministry of reconciliation is. It's loving people, amen, so that God can change them. Sometimes we think our job is to change people so God can love them. Right? Well, I mean, I've been a preacher for a lot of years. I know we can get into that. Well, I could just get them to quit this and change that, and, you know, then God would really like them. (laughs) That's not my job. And by the way, it's not your job to change your spouse. Amen? (laughs) Amen. Your spouse was made in the image of God, amen, not in your image. So just love your spouse, amen. Sometimes we think, well, I, I'm going I'm I'm to put this wall up until they change. Well, I, tell you, I think I'm getting too close to home here today. <clears throat> the Lord touched the nerve there. No, it's true. Love people. Love people. That's the ministry of reconciliation. Live holy and love people. It's the Bible. Amen. Be an example to people. Share the love of God with them. And it said he's given us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ. Doing what? Reconciling the world to himself. Not imputing their trespasses unto them. You know, sometimes we impute people's trespasses to them. We're holding something against them. We've got, you know, this thing. And it comes across in our attitude. But in Jesus, he wasn't imputing their trespasses against them. He loved them unconditionally so that the Spirit of God could change their lives. And has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are what? Ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew, knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. It's a message. It's called the gospel. And as you love people, their hearts will open to that message. And you can tell them, you know what? Jesus died so your life could change. And so that you could be righteous. You could be forgiven. And that the heart of God could come and live in you. And things can change for you. He's given us this word of reconciliation. And he's given us that ministry of reconciliation. And I tell you what, God loves you today. God loves you today. And you know what? Every one of you, he's got a purpose for your life. Amen. I don't care if you're in this place and you've never been to church a day in your life. He's got a purpose for you. I believe you were destined to be here today to hear the word of the Lord. someone else, maybe you've been here, you've been in church your whole life. You go, well, what, what am I doing here? Well, I'm just coming to church. God's got a surprise for you. He's got a ministry for you called the Ministry of Reconciliation. It's out where you drive truck or where you are a waitress or whatever you do in your home. In your home. Yeah, live the gospel in your home, would you? Amen. God says, love the people right before you. Amen. Spirit of God's here. Working in hearts. Amen. Drawing us into... His plan and His purpose. How is this thing going to work? How is this going to happen? How is this old world ever going to change? It's through you. It's through Christ in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's how it's going to change. God loves you. Amen.